Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Nurselli. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. In our last episode, we talked about our desire to pursue Christ this year as we intentionally create vision and set goals around the many responsibilities we have as women and leaders. Today, we want to talk about pursuing community by surrounding ourselves with women who challenge us, encourage us, and keep us accountable. Of course, a personal relationship with Christ is important. However, we can't forget how vital God's church is in our journey. And I am very, very eager to talk about this particular topic because I love the church. Yes. And, um, oh my goodness, but you know, I know that this has been a challenge for many, particularly during this global pandemic, and I'm afraid that it has also become a playing field for the enemy to lure new and seasoned Christians. And, you know, one of my favorite worship leaders is Brooke Liggertwood, and she said something that I thought was so powerful. She said, the thing about being a body with many members is that when the body is disconnected from each other, that's not a body. It's a crime scene. And wow. I thought that was so good. Um, and the crazy thing about it is that she said this at a conference long before the pandemic. So the reality is that people have been dismembered for a while. The pandemic simply exposed it. Yes. But when I'm reading the book of Acts, um, you know, you're reading all these accounts about the early church. And it just makes me fall in love with the church so much more because they were powerful. You know, yeah. there were a community of followers of Christ who were commissioned by Jesus. Jesus himself to build the church and to spread his teachings. And then one thing you notice is that the Holy Spirit is manifested, not when they're alone, but when they are together. You also see leaders rise, including women. And then you also see the church being the primary vehicle by which Christ is shared from one generation to the next. It's powerful. Yeah, community is biblical. When we don't gather, we're going against biblical commands. I mean, we've got Hebrews 10, 24 and Ephesians 4, 11 that advise us not to forsake the gathering or assembling of the saints. Mm. God left us a model in the New Testament about how church communities should be and the purpose of them. And from what I see, it's pretty clear we should be pursuing community. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, last week we talked about the importance of seeking Jesus, right, and um, and pursuing him. Um, but we also have to pursue Christ in the gathering. And Romans 10, 17 says this, um, it says that faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. When we don't gather, we miss out on God's public hearing of the word, which is an essential element in worship and an element we see throughout biblical history. Wow, that's powerful. Okay, so there's no question that being engaged in a church body is biblical and it's commanded. Mm -hmm. And I'd say from my experience that it's also a gift. Absolutely, it is. It's definitely a gift. And if you read Ephesians 4, um, 11 to 13 says this, it says that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, yeah. the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when we don't live in community, we miss out on various aspects of God's revelation and manifestation in our lives and also in the life of the church. Yeah, this is something that really hits home to me. The church is where I learned how to worship, pray, serve, yeah. and how to love. And also where my yeah, mom good. made me do solos during Easter and Christmas. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. But all jokes aside, though, right now, I feel like in today's culture and even before the global pandemic, there is this new way of thinking for many Christians that all that matters is their own personal relationship with Christ and therefore use this excuse to not be committed to a church body and not to be actively serving in their church. Mm. And then now with COVID, forget it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about those who truly have a physical limitation that could severely jeopardize their health. I'm talking about those who have no problem going to other gatherings, mm-hmm. dinner out, or even traveling, but they want to say that they cannot come to the church for fear of contracting COVID. Man, that's a flesh at work. And I get it. I was loving being able to sleep in later and have an extra Saturday mm. while I streamed my church service from home. But I have to say, once I got back into my local church, I immediately felt a huge part of me that I was missing while not being able to attend. Being around fellow believers who exude such love and have a deep desire for Christ's word brings such a joy to my soul. And it's so comforting. It really, really is. Yeah. And can we just pause to say how, like, I love that you said that you had an extra Saturday because I was just <laughs> talking to a um, one of my students and I was telling them that, that I was like, man, like, this is what happens. Like, yeah, you get an extra Saturday. And it was uh, so bizarre because I got used to that real quick. <laughs> yep. And it just goes to show how easy it is to just kind of, you know, lose our way if you, if you will. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're absolutely right. The church is the, is the place where we are learning the foundations of our faith. And just like a baby needs to be surrounded by adults to provide its nourishment and development, the same is true for us as believers. We have to surround ourselves with like-minded individuals who are running the race with us. And yeah. we also need coaches, right? Yep. You know, if a football team needs a coach, you better believe that believers need a coach mm-hmm. and they need their believers so we can grow in a healthy context and win the race. Amen. Yeah. And like you said, you know, it is in the church that we learn spiritual disciplines, you, you know, like exactly how you said, Erica, to pray, to worship. And the church becomes a training ground by which we all learn to love God, to share our faith to love others and serve our neighbors, to change the world. And, you know, as a worship leader and, you know, as pastors, right, when we're planning, even when we're planning out a service, we're thinking intentionally of the songs that we sing and the liturgy that we present, because whatever we do in the gathering, I have an awareness that it's going to give people language and actions that they can take when they're not in church and they're going about their days and facing the realities of life Monday through Saturday. Yeah. And because we are hearing the public reading of the word, it is the word that compels us to confess our sins, Mm -hmm. forgive those who sin against us, flee from temptations. There's this Bible verse that rocked me a few years ago. It's in James 5, 6, where it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. There is this supernatural power found in the community of believers. When we confess our sins and pray for each other. It's like unlocking this freedom and blocks the enemy from trying to shame us, which results in us trying to separate ourselves from Christ as opposed to running to him. And super pa- uh, supernatural power is not an understatement. I mean, it really, really is. And, you know, yeah. I have been and I'm going to try to share this without crying. Right. But 
I have been a part of many, many groups. You know, I was a part of a group when I was in the military. This is when I was in school. I was part of different extracurricular groups. And I was a part of a sorority, which is obviously where you and I met. And I am part of groups at work. But when my child died 10 years ago, there was only one group that could take me from a place of complete darkness and complete brokenness and bring me to a place of wholeness. And that was the church. You know, the, the, the Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is effective. And it was the church's prayers. I knew that there was a community of believers that were gathering in their homes and also in the gathering. And they were praying for me so that I would receive the peace that I needed. It was also the hearing of God's word that gave me hope. And I'll never forget. um, And I don't even know if you remember this, Erica, because you were there. But I remember one night I was desperate for comfort and peace. So I drove to the place that I knew I would find what my, what my soul was needing. And so I drove to the church and I crashed the youth service. And I remember after the service, I sat in the back in the pews because back then we had pews. Now we have chairs, right? But I remember we sat in the back in the pews or I sat in the back in the pews. And then the group came and they said nothing, but they all just sat around me as I sobbed and I just sobbed and sobbed. And it was like the presence of God in them surrounded me like a blanket of God's love. It was just amazing. And, you know, it was it was intentional, right? Because God didn't come himself. He sent people. He sent his church to be the one to provide that for me. And then one of the things that um, I will never forget is that the band stayed playing and, um, and it was almost as if the spirit was revealing to them exactly what my spirit needed. And then they start singing that song. Um, you stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the oceans rage, I don't have to be afraid because I know that you love me. Your love never fails that is what my soul needed to hear in the midst of mourning and um and then the bridge says you make all things work together for my good that could not have been more prophetic and that team just stood there and they just prophesied that over my life and um And so it is in this community that you not only receive healing, but it is the community, again, that just helps you get through really the most difficult aspects of your life. And one last thing that I wanted to say is that the previous worship leader, in the midst of all that brokenness, he saw something in me. And he was able to call it out. And only the church can do that. He called it out and he was like, I think that you have a gift, a gift that I didn't even know that I had. And he was like, you want to be a part of the worship team. And within three years, not only had I been healed and restored, but I was also now serving in, in, in that third year, I actually took over the worship team and stepped into leadership. And who would have known just from that experience? Yeah, there is only one group that can take a person who finds themselves in their darkest place or what they Mm -hmm. consider the pit of hell Mm -hmm. 
and place them in immediate presence of God. And I feel like that's what happened. I I remember that. Um, I remember that very clearly (laughs) and uh, trying to not cry again as you're sharing that. I just remember it was, it was so hard. It was beautiful. It was my heart broke with your heart. Um, Oh my it goodness, was, we're gonna do this. Okay. <laughs> I I was trying not to, but I I yeah. No, it was um it was a beautiful moment and a hard moment, but it's a true example of one of the many reasons why God commands us to be in community. Our church body is also, I would say, where God teaches us to love just like you felt yeah. and also to forgive. You know, anytime you bring in different personalities together, there's bound to be situations Mm -hmm. that are going to bring conflict. But God teaches us about humility and how to lay down our pride and how to work through those conflicts. I mean, I think of how Jesus was betrayed by his friend and suffered deep wounds and death for the people he loved, yet he still chose to forgive them and ultimately to die for them. Yeah. And in community, we are reminded of Jesus's great examples, you know, and I want to take this time to say, right, because Mm -hmm. I know this is something I hear often from people. If you've been a part of a church community that has hurt you, I really, really am sorry. And if that's you, I would encourage you to find another church community who seeks to foster godly communities. Mm -hmm. But I'll also say that the body of Christ is not perfect. Only the head. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) You know, if you look for a perfect church community, you're not going to find one. Yeah. Because we're all imperfect people who should be pursuing Christ. But when you're not engaged in a church community, you're missing out on the essential aspects of your faith that God wants to develop in you. Yeah. And you know what? Community is a real marriage without the option for divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a conversation with one of my worship team members once that changed our relationship forever. There was conflict between us and it wasn't just him. Like I was also a part of the problem. And I remember him saying to me, well, then do you need me to step down from the team? And I said, of course not. This is a marriage. And that's the thing as believers, we have a tendency to write people off where they don't produce what we need from them. And that's what the world does, but that's not what the church does. I mean, imagine if God wrote us off every time we sinned against him or, or sinned against each other. He doesn't, he forgives us. So conflict will always arise in community. And part of being a church family is that we don't divorce. We work through it. Yeah. And we need to appreciate our church communities and encourage patience, mm-hmm. forgiveness, and love within them. I would also say we need them to keep us accountable. Yeah. So I have a story. So at my church, I have an amazing mentor who my pastors recommended that I meet with uh, as soon as I started coming to the church. I meet with her about every other week. She checks in on me. She teaches me and she's always sending me great resources. Like legit, the first few gatherings we had, she hooked me up with three great apps on my phone. It was Grace to You, Legionnaire Ministries, and Martin Lloyd-Jones app. What are those? Grace to You is an app that has John MacArthur sermons and Bible studies. Legionnaire Ministries has another one that has several different 
um, like R.C. Sproul, different types of topics that you can listen to uh, sermons and things like that. And then Martin Lloyd-Jones is another uh, gentleman who has a lot of uh, great um, sermons and things that to listen to. So I'm always like I'm always listening to those throughout the day. That's really cool. Yeah, it was just something that it was a tool, right? She gave me this tool. She's like, listen to these. And then she'll send me one and says, hey, listen to this one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping me accountable, reminding me I need to be, you know, filling myself with the word daily. Um, So that was really cool. And then there's this, you know, our Bible study. So I attend Bible Mm -hmm. studies. We have community groups that teach and edify me. And again, keep me accountable and engaged in God's word. And this is all part of being engaged in a church body. Yeah, I know that's really good. And so I just wanted to pause really quick and recap, you know, that community is biblical and we need community to learn the foundations of our faith, um, to learn spiritual disciplines and also to encourage accountability. Essentially, the church body is vital for us as Christian women, not only as our support system, but because we too also play an important role in it and our community also needs us. Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of um, 1 Peter 4.10. Mm-hmm. It, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve mm-hmm. others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Like this is something I've seen in my mother do relentlessly through my father's mm-hmm. ministry. She is creative, thoughtful, caring in everything she does. And so I learned early the role us women play in supporting the church body. And I've also seen how difficult a church body can function when there are women in the church who do not engage with their God-given gifts. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're not in community, not only do we not receive what we need, but others also don't receive what they need from us. And, you know, they um, they say that in organizations or groups that 10 percent of the people do 90 percent of the work. So that means that in a church of 100 people, only 10 are doing the work. And that means that the other 90 gifted people aren't doing anything with their gifts. Mm -hmm. Not only is that frustrating for the 10. Right. But that's also a tragedy because. Um, there are so many gifted people that are just not using it. Yeah, I know so many church leaders are struggling to find people to fill mm-hmm. essential roles like Sunday school teachers. This one is major. And you're telling me that there's 90% of gifted believers sitting without pouring into their church community. That's crazy. It, it is. And uh, I mean, even I, um, I'm trying to find some worship leaders, you know, to help with our, our, our group. And, and again, there's just so many talented and gifted people out there. And we, we, we need to figure out where they're at. But, you know, part of part of being a, a family member means that we have to contribute something, you know, no one likes that person who comes over for dinner, and everybody brings something and then that person just shows <laughs> up to eat, right? It's the same thing, you know, and again, Ephesians 416 says this, is, you know, it says from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Mm-hmm. We all have a part to do. And when we're not contributing to the body, we're simply not doing our God given part, you know, and, um, and again, there are so many people within our congregations that have great needs and the Lord has left us to supply those needs. Yeah. And it's just fun. I just love being a part of the church. I love showing up and just being with the church body. It's fun. So it is amazing. It is. So I would say if you're not plugged into a church community, find a local church you can get connected to. And if you're not serving in some way or contributing in some way, find out what opportunities are available for you to contribute. Sometimes it takes asking to get involved. You don't wait. Don't wait for somebody to come tell you you should get involved. Just ask. Ask one of the leaders from your church, how can I be more involved? How can I serve more? 
they're waiting. They really are. Yeah. And you know what? I also recognize that there are seasons, right? There are seasons in which serving is, you know, or being plugged in in some sort of way. It's not the it's not the it's not the time. Great point. You know, I think we're talking about the importance of this community and how biblical it is. But then also, you know, if you if you're starting out in church, like we get it, you know, right now it's your season of seeking, it's your season of understanding. But if you've been in the church for 20 years and you've contributed nothing for 20 years, then I would really, really challenge you. You know, take a step back and say, Okay, Lord, what will you have me do? How will you have me contribute to the body in this particular season? Because again, remember, we want you to seek the Lord's direction in everything that you do. Yeah, amen. And then the last thing I wanted to share, Erica, is that, you know, we're not an only child. We're sons and daughters, and we were created to be in community. Um, I saw this video once, and I thought it was so good. Um, I love that the guy in the video said uh, said this about community. He was like, what do you think you're going to be doing when you get to heaven? Do you think you're going to be living in a gated community within <laughs> the gated community all by yourself? And I'm like, yeah. Because, and I love that he says that. because I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely right. The gathering of the saints here on earth is not only a continuation of heavenly activity, yes. but it's also a prophetic picture of what awaits us when we all, all of Jesus' sons, and daughters are gathered from all over the world to live in his eternal presence. Yeah, yeah. So we're challenging you out there to run the race with us as we engage in our communities, love our communities, and serve in our communities for the glory of God. Narcelia, I feel like we just hit the floor running with this episode. It was super fast. And so we hope you guys stayed with us. If you have not yet connected with us, we would love to engage with you. So please contact us through our website at upstreampursuit.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We hope you have a wonderful week and let's stand for truth, pursuers.